I was hiking in the Swiss Alps on a sunny day in June. I started my journey at the bottom of a valley, where the air was fresh, heavy, and damp from the low-hanging clouds and the varying waterfalls surrounding me. When reaching the end of the valley, the trail started to climb, switching back and forth as the gravel crunched under my boots. Once reaching the higher latitudes, the air got thinner and the grass got greener. Suddenly, I was surrounded by huge, snow-capped mountains framing these green hills, all riddled with incredible wildflowers as far as the eye can see. It really looked like a scene from The Sound of Music, and the fields were just begging to be frolicked in. I do realize that The Sound of Music was filmed in Austria, but you get the point. Anyway, all of a sudden, we hear a symphony of cowbells. And there, grazing in the field, are two 750-pound, honey-colored dairy cows. And all I could think was that these cows live a better life than me. They must be the happiest cows in the world. I also come from a very cow-heavy culture in America, where cowboys and McDonald's reign supreme. Cows are an integral part of both U.S. and Swiss culture. The average Swiss citizen eats about 52 kilograms of meat per year. In fact, in Switzerland, they have whole parades for when the cows come home. I'm coming home. This is a centuries-old tradition when the farmers bring their cows who have been grazing on the high pastures of the summer months back down to the valley for the winter. This is not just any old cow march. These cows put on their finest cowbells, and some of the lucky cows even get extravagant flower crowns to wear for the parade. These flower crowns are way better than any you would see at Coachella. Thousands of crowds gather to celebrate the pinnacle of Swiss culture, quality the highest quality garlands for the highest quality cows, which leads to the highest quality cheese, man milk, and chocolate. And what do you know of Switzerland? Well, it's cheese and chocolate. But for cheese and chocolate, you need milk. Where the Swiss use their cows to show off their high standards of quality, Americans use cows to display the American dream. The more, the better. And when it comes to cows, we value quantity over quality. Cows are fattened with hormones and fed whatever's cheapest to get more bang for the buck. Cows in the U.S. are generally not treated with respect or celebrated like Swiss cows. Bull rides, cowboy culture, and meat eating all center around the common theme of conquest. These themes extend into how American agriculture generally treats its cows. In the U.S., the industry subjects cows to cruel treatment that includes repeated impregnation, overproduction of milk, restrictive housing, and poor nutrition. There are enormous cultural differences at play in the execution of animal agriculture in the two different nations, but the common denominator is that cows are harmful for the environment. Cows contribute about 40% of the annual methane emissions, but what is methane and why does it matter? Global warming is currently on the rise as a result of the greenhouse effect from carbon sources that are unnatural to the atmosphere. The extra carbon dioxide, or methane, which are called greenhouse gases, absorb energy from the sun. 
As the greenhouse gases absorb all this energy, it causes the entire atmosphere to warm. For decades, we've been pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere so that we can drive our cars and power our homes. The effect that cows have on the greenhouse effect is slightly different because methane is a key component, not carbon dioxide. Methane is generally found in cow farts and burbs and is considered to be a more potent greenhouse grass. I will refrain from making potent fart joke here, but essentially, each molecule of methane holds more heat than carbon dioxide, causing a stronger warming effect in the atmosphere. Even though there's more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than methane, methane is more powerful and is proving to be a key player in our climate change. I know you've heard this all before. The ice caps are melting, polar bears are dying. And part of the problem is cow farts. Cow agriculture also uses huge amounts of land and water. To put this all into perspective, it takes nearly 2,000 gallons of water to make one pound of beef, while it only takes 518 gallons of water to make one pound of chicken. To sum this all up, cows use a lot of our natural resources, and they emit powerful greenhouse gases. So what's the solution? Well, one solution to the problem is to eat less beef. In 2003, Cornell University researchers reported in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that meat-based food systems require more energy, land, and water resources than the lacto-uvu vegetarian diet. That's just a vegetarian who eats eggs and dairy. Here's the catch. The idea that you eat less beef and save the environment is not a new one. This is a generally well-known fact, but why do people not just stop eating meat? And this includes me. I know that eating meat harms the environment, and I had just had my Sound of Music, Julie Andrews moment where I spiritually connected with dozens of cows, but two days later, I found myself on the inside of a Swiss McDonald's ordering a cheeseburger. And I know, there's probably a special place in hell for all Americans who eat McDonald's abroad, but all of these things aside, why didn't I change my behavior? Why didn't I just order more french fries after seeing the cows? It goes pretty far back. That's Brian Page, a professor of anthropology at the University of Miami, when asked why it's so hard for us to give up eating meat. The proto-humans and everybody between Lucy and, and four million years ago, Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and present, have been um, omnivores. So that leads the question, what role, if any, does culture play in all of this? You know, anything that where there's cultural reinforcement of the, I mean, you know, in the South, in the United States, barbecue, uh, and, you know, those outdoor barbecues where it's smoking and, and uh, the meat you can smell and, and all that kind of stuff, That those are constant reminders of uh, what turns us on essentially. And, and you know, the, the Swiss and their milk, butter, and cheese sorts of uh, products are, uh, if they're getting that kind of reinforcement, cultural reinforcement, that's, that goes in the opposite direction of convincing people to be vegan. So, as it seems, we're damned by our genetics and culture, and we'll probably continue eating beef until the earth burns. <laughs> no, just kidding. There are lots of ways to be conscious about our meat eating. We have technology now to make convincing meat substitutes ready available for the public for a low price, just like we can see in the new Impossible Burger by Burger King. Researchers have even found some evidence 
that repositioning meat options to appear after vegetarian options on a menu may increase the number of people selecting meat-free meals, although more research is needed on this. Also, the American Heart Association recommends eating meat only once a week for a heart-healthy diet. Small changes like lessening the amount of beef you eat in a week can make a big environmental impact. As for me, you may be happy to know that after my shameful McDonald's incident, I vowed to stop eating red meat, and particularly beef, just for my own general health and also for the health of the environment. I personally want to see the cow parades march on, but throwing in a meatless Monday or switching out your regular fast food order for an impossible burger is music to the environment's ears. Thanks for listening. This science communication podcast is brought to you by Franklin University, Switzerland and the University of Miami.